This is It Was a Thing on TV. Spoiler number one is Dr. Lee Franz. It stinks. What is going on? <laughs> what is going on? Episode 130, submission number 419. It Was a Thing on TV with Trading Cards. Well, guys, I don't know how big into trading cards Chico is. I, I know he, he, he's he got his own little collections related to television shows and movies and pop culture. His Funko Pops and his, oh, excuse me if I'm saying too much, his Doctor Who pajamas. I'm proud of my Doctor Who onesie, thank you very much. Yeah, and, 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 yeah, and he's, he's actually worn that. Uh, that, was a, uh, that was a gift from my dear sister who I love very much. Thank you very much. Who doesn't like Keesla? I can hear her in Nobody. the background. Yeah, you can totally. Yeah, that's her screaming in the background, by the way. There you go. Does she still need an update on her baby? No, she doesn't need an update on her <laughs> I was just going to ask the same thing. Does she still want to know about her Babrams? No, she doesn't want to know about her Babrams. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll file that away then. Yeah. But uh, so, see, so yeah, Chico has his loves and his collectibles. You know, don't get him started about Doctor Who and, and Funko Pops and all that. But Greg and I, we have enjoyed collecting cards for, oh, probably easily over 20 years. Me, even longer these. than that, probably closer to like 30 I years. These. I these two. Chico's just showing us the Doctor Who scarves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. continue, Mike. Thank you, Keesla. <laughs> oh my gosh, she, she, she derailed me there. So Greg and I have enjoyed collecting cards, primarily sports cards, for 20, 25, 30 years. But we decided that we'd uh, take a venture into TV trading cards. Yeah. They're very big nowadays, in case you don't know. Yeah, they, they are. I mean, they're like a multi-million dollar business, these trading cards. And anything yeah. television related, I guess someone a few years ago decided, hey, nerds have big pockets. Well, not just nerds. Primarily, we'll get into contemporary card sets a little bit later because the hobby and what's available nowadays was not available 15 years ago. Oh, or, no. or even nope. closer to 20 years ago. Oh, but no. yeah, the, the, the hobby has changed so much oh, in the yeah. 21st century that if you're a true diehard of, of some of these shows or genres, you may want to invest a little bit of money and in some cases a lot of money on some of the sets that we uh, will be talking about. Or, yeah, we'll say some of the sets. Do, doing a little bit of research, as I occasionally do for this show, I, I was wondering when the first non-sports cards were available, more or less movie cards. And what I found was... The, the closest to trading cards based on movies actually went back to 1920. Whoa. Hmm. The, well, they're like little, almost like gallery cards or art cards, sort of like what you'd have outside the, the movie theater. And some of the names, I mean, they're big at that time, you know, a hundred years later, maybe not as memorable, but still, you know, names that you'd know. Fatty Arbuckle, Mary Pickford. And yeah, these are on eBay that you can purchase one. I didn't really take a look at the prices, but it's it looked like the first cards 
of actors and actresses go all the way back to 1920 and 21. So this is like a centennial show kind of show. Yeah, because they all uh, go back to those old cigarette cards, don't they? Oh, the, yeah, yeah, that's where all the old baseball cards uh, come from is tobacco cards. And, yeah. and, and the reason the Honus Wagner T206 f- uh, from 1909 is so expensive is because he was staunchly anti-smoking. And lo and behold, a few of his heart cards got released without his permission. And now if you find one, even if it's torn up and horrible shape, it's worth a million or two million dollars. Yeah. There's a famous story of Wayne Gretzky buying that card for like, what, a half million dollars in 91? Wayne Gretzky and and Bruce McCall, the the Kings owner, yeah, they they had split ownership and that got uh, sold somewhere down the line. But nowadays, I mean, that card, I think even like 15 years ago, sold for $3 million and they they come up occasionally. It it seems like the the newer sports cards are, are sort of overshadowing the older cards like the Mike Trout one-of-one rookie card that went for like $4 million. And then I just saw this a couple of days ago. It was a Mickey Mantle rookie card. I think it was the the 1952 tops. And it was graded like nine, uh, like a PSA nine, which is amazing. Went and, uh, for over five million dollars. Wow! Ooh. I was I was gonna ask you to explain that, but you just gave a perfect explanation. Five million dollars. Yeah. Uh, well, the thing is, if you uh, have any of the the Mandel rookie cards in decent shape, ungraded, they're probably fifty, sixty, up to a hundred thousand dollars. But once you get it graded, especially if you get it graded really high. But the thing is, 70 years ago, when trading cards first came out, baseball cards, they weren't really taking care of them. And actually, I'm going to give you an example of that when I talk about the first, again, what I think are the first TV trading cards. And I can't find anything earlier. The set I'm talking about was made by Bowman back in 1953. And it was a set of TV and radio cards for NBC. And you can find them on eBay. And no, we're not doing eBay prices right, at least with that. But some of these cards, if you take a look, and I actually sent my cohorts a a checklist of the 96 cards in the series uh, with their approximate prices based on condition. And there's some really popular names in here. Uh, There's also some very oddball names that I actually had to look up to see who they are, what are their claims to fame. You had uh, Bob and Ray, Bob Elliott and Ray Goulding, who they were a big comedy team. They hosted uh, Two for the Money for a while. And Bob Elliott, he's going to pop up eventually when we cover Get a Life because he played Chris Elliott's dad. His his real-life dad played him on TV. And, uh, yeah, other names on the list. I mean, these are big names. And, again, this is from 1953 before they really, I think, hit it big, uh, depending on the names. Ralph Edwards, who we all know from uh, Truth or Consequences. Jim Backus. Yes. You know, Mr. Magoo and Mr. Howell. And, Mr. And, and Thurston Howell. Yep. A person who just passed away in the last year, Carl Reiner. Oh, yeah. So, so you're oh. talking about that was 70 years before he died, and he, or almost 70 years, and he had a trading card. I think that's just absolutely amazing. And he just passed in the last year. Obviously, NBC back in the 50s. Groucho Marx. 
Of course. And he actually, it looks like he's actually one of the most expensive cards in the set. I'll go over the most expensive cards a little bit later because there's uh, actually a, a, a little story here about cards back in the 50s. Dinah Shore was in there. You had uh, Audrey Meadows. Oh, really? McDonald Carey. The voice of Days of Our Lives. Yes, yes the voice of Days of Our Lives. I, I can see the, the hourglass in my mind. Like suns through the hourglass. Those so are the, are the days, days of our, of our lives. lives. And then Bud Collier, which is interesting because Bud Collier, uh, well, he would have been CBS for Beat the Clock. I'm guessing Superman, the work he did on there would have been NBC, possibly? Yeah, because yeah, he was doing the radio version, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Sid Caesar, another big name. Cliff Arquette, who we all know yeah. is Charlie Weaver. Charlie Weaver. Yes. Yeah, George Fenneman had a card. Yeah, well, Groucho had a card. He had to have George Fenneman. The one, the only. Groucho! Oh, yeah. J. There, Fred there... Muggs had a card. Oh yeah, the, the, the monkey had a card. The, main, mo- the monkey from Today Show had a card in the set. Our, our main man, Mr. J. Fred Muggs, who seriously, folks, we're not joking. J. Fred Muggs is still with us. That's a he, true story. J., J. Fred Muggs may be the only person still alive uh, from this set. Yeah, I know it's been seventy years later, and. Uh, even if they were yeah, twenty be, at the time, they'd be ninety bana- now. He'd be eating processed bananas by now. <laughs> Smooshed bananas. Arnold Stang is on here. Yes. And, and, yeah, yeah, and and there's only one reason I mentioned Arnold Stang. Yeah, Top Cat. Because he was the voice of Top Cat on Top Cat, and everybody knows Top Cat is my cartoon version of Wings. We learned that last week. <laughs> yes, we did. That's why I had to repeat it. Uh, that's why I chose it. Jack Barry had a card. Oh Jack yeah, because, Barry, Jack Barry had a card in the nineteen fifty three. He would be uh, doing. Uh, gosh, 20, what would twenty one wouldn't have been on yet? No, yeah, twenty one's still a few ways away. It's like, what would he be doing in nineteen fifty three? I know he's got doing, that. Uh, he would have been doing smaller big, shows, I think. Yeah, he he has that sort of was Winky Dink, radio voice. Was Winky Dink and you on in fifty three? Yes, I think we found there it. There you yeah, go. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we, Winky Dink and you was on in 53. Absolutely. And then uh, just uh, quickly, a couple more names. Imogene Coca. We mentioned Sid Caesar earlier. There's Imogene Coca. Bob Hope. Bob yes, Hope had a card. Of course, because he, Bob Hope for, for a long time was Mr. NBC. There's a number of cards that are, are technically considered non-common. And by non-common, it doesn't necessarily mean they're famous. They're, we'll, we'll get to that in a second and the, the reasoning behind that. Bob Hope is a $500 card. And then Sid Caesar's a $200 card. And Groucho is also a $500 card. But the little anomaly here is Jack Lascouli. He's for a $400 card in mint condition. And Dan Gibson is also a $400 card in mint condition. And you may be saying to yourself, well, who is Jack Lascouli and who is Dan Gibson and what makes their cards so expensive? Well, uh, Jack Lascouli was an announcer uh, for NBC back in the day and actually hosted a game show uh, doing a little bit of research again. And one episode, it sounds like one episode aired 
and it got canceled and, it, and it's not uh, you're in the picture but uh, a different show and then dan gibson was a photographer it sounds like he was sort of like marlon perkins light so not really two well-known names but the reason they're four hundred dollars a piece you got to remember again talking 1953 almost 70 years ago they didn't have the storage methods that we have nowadays shoe box well they had shoe boxes obviously but not uh card collecting shoe boxes where you can put them in in columns and stuff like that and what the people would do is people would put rubber bands around the cards and what cards are on the outside of the uh, the, the pack of cards if you put them in order the first card in the set which is jack lascooley and the last card in the set which was dan gibson so those cards would typically not be in the best condition because it's the first card and the last card. And you have rubber bands holding them together. It's going to compress them, obviously, and it's not going to be anywhere near mint condition. Yeah, plus you're going to have that uh, awkward sort of indent on the sides, you know? Right, and that's going to take down the card's value. So if you didn't have Jack Lascooley and Dan Gibson at the, the top and bottom of your stack, respectively they're probably in halfway decent shape probably but then uh those weren't tv show specific cards and we're going to sort of go all over the place in this episode the from what i saw the first card series about a specific tv show and just a specific tv show was back in 1958 tops released a card set based on the TV show Zorro with Guy Williams. And I'm guessing this was before Lost in Space. Oh, this, well, yeah, def- 1958, definitely, yes. And uh, there's actually a number of examples on uh, eBay if you were to uh, look for those. I mean, they're not terribly inexpensive cards, but also, again, given you know they're 60-plus years old, they weren't necessarily stored the way that we'd store your you know Shaquille O'Neal rookie card nowadays or or your uh, Mike Trout rookie cards it, it probably had been sitting in the open air or sitting in a box or in an attic for 30 40 50 years and then lo and behold you know cleaning out the attic oh my gosh there's all these the, these trading cards from back in the 50s and then also talking about 1958 it's not a specific tv show but a whole genre was made into a trading card set. Really? I'm guessing it being the 50s, maybe the Western? You hit it right on the nose. In 1958, there was a series devoted just to Westerns. Yeah, because uh, Westerns were big at the time, and and that was also another Topps release. So you had shows like The Californians. You had, I believe uh, there was a Gunsmoke card in there. Hi, Chaparral. Oh, hi, Chaparral. Tales of Wells Fargo. So, yeah, Tops knew uh, how to, to, to make money. Oh, what's popular in late 50s television? Yeah, obviously you had uh, your comedies and you had dramas, but the big thing that pulled in viewers were the Westerns. But then we get to the 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s, and really, the, the 70s is where it really exploded, where you, if you had a popular TV show, there was a trading card set made. 
talking like Partridge Family. Now, Partridge Family, mind you, is almost 50 years old, but they had a series of trading cards. And I'd actually be remiss if I didn't mention that in 1959, the Three Stooges had trading cards released. (laughs) Yes, they're kind of movie-ish, but also at the same time, they've been on television for decades. So I'm giving them a pass and I'm putting them in this list. The Three Stooges. And the thing is, taking a look at the Three Stooges cards, there were even cards of Curly in there. And the thing is, Curly had died, I think, in 48. So he actually had posthumous cards in this 1959 set. I have to ask if, if they had a set with Shemp and Curly Joe. You see, I didn't go digging far enough for that. Um, they probably did just for completeness sake, but no, I, I saw Curly and it's like, okay, th- that's interesting that he'd have his, a, a card, even though he had been deceased for a decade at the time. I mean, they do it nowadays with baseball cards. Last year, there was a very short printed Babe Ruth card of him signing baseballs and Babe Ruth, he's been deceased for well over 70 years. So it's not unprecedented by any means. It's definitely, I would say, the first time that's happened. I, I've never seen uh, any sort of you know Babe Ruth cards uh, from tops in '51 or '52, and uh, you know sometimes I think the, the the closest case we get to that is uh, when Roberto Clemente passed away. And if you don't know how Roberto Clemente passed away, he he died in a very honorable fashion helping out uh, his homeland uh, puerto rico after an earthquake yeah and uh yeah on, on the plane flight yeah the plane crashed and i think he had a card the following year only because the the card sets generally get released a little bit before this time of year january of each year it may have been something that was released in december or january of December of 72, I believe, or January of 73. And he would have uh, either passed just after that or just before that. I don't have the exact date with me. But so th- that's the only case where, okay, the, the, the player died. But the thing is, the player died of you know, unfortunate circumstances after the cards had already been made or the, the plates had already been made, the printing plates. But yeah. so getting back to the 70s, yeah. If you had like a big TV show, you had a trading card out there, a set of trading cards. And uh, we talked about some of them before we went uh, on the air. And you had Happy Days had trading cards. And the Gong Show had trading cards. I've seen Three's Company and Mork and Mindy trading cards. Oh, Mork and Mindy. Yeah, Mork and Mindy. Well, they would follow that Mork and Mindy and then. Uh, would have trading cards if Happy Days did, since they're in the same family. Definitely. You had Kung Fu trading cards back in 73. Yeah. Mash had trading cards. Now, that's the 80s, 82. But at that point, uh, that had been around for almost a decade, and actually a little bit longer. I think I saw Hawaii 5.0 trading cards. I wouldn't be surprised if Hawaii 5.0 had trading cards. Space 1999 had trading cards? Oh, yeah. Space 1999 was one of those sort of cult classic TV shows. Because it only, if you remember, it only lasted, what, two seasons? Because they wouldn't finance a third. Welcome back. Cotter had a trading card. Oh, I'd kill for the 
the John Travolta up your nose with a rubber hose rookie card. I don't know if that's <laughs> a thing, but you, you got to think they took advantage of that. They had to have made a card of him saying that to, to Horshack or something like that. Brady Bunch had uh, trading cards. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, Brady Bunch was very big. Hogan's Heroes. Moving on <laughs> before I get myself in a lot of trouble. Combat. The TV show Combat had trading cards back in 63. Wow. Oh, like I said, they did everything. But also, some of the older TV shows, they didn't actually get trading cards until the 90s. One example that we talked about, again, before we, we started going on the air, was there were I Love Lucy trading cards made by Pacific USA around 1991. Now, mind you, again, Lucy had been deceased at this point about three years, two years. Yeah. But 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 I, as I also told my cohorts, I remember my mother was a, a big, 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 big Lucy fan. And she, for some reason, she had a set of the Lucy trading cards. Don't know. Yeah, she was that type of collector. You had Gunsmoke trading cards by Pacific back in 1993. Baywatch had trading cards. Don't, don't know what uh, that entailed. You had... Pee-wee's Playhouse had some trading cards. It did. So they, they went to Saturday morning, and that was actually uh, one of the first uh, non-sports cards that I bought. And this is, again, about 30-plus years ago. Those were some wacky cards. It wasn't just cards. There were uh, – usually they had stickers with some of these cards and, and other little things that you could – Foilies? Make. Are we in the age of foilies yet? Nah, we're, we're, we're not really in the age of foilies. Uh, foil would come a little bit later. Uh, right now, we're just basically talking plain cardboard up until maybe the late 80s. Then it was cardboard with a little bit of, uh, not necessarily lamination, but uh, like a, uh, a slick coating. So it wasn't matte. It was more of a, a, a glossy finish. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, uh, you, you can definitely see if you uh, looking at the, when these cards were printed, or where in the timeline of trading cards they were made. Because if you're talking pretty much up until, again, the, the late '80s, early '90s, it's just plain matte cardboard, nothing fancy. And then around '91, that's where you start getting upper deck, not, not into play necessarily with non-sports cards. But they're the ones who brought the hologram technology and they started having the glossy finish on cards. Same with Pacific, who we mentioned earlier. And again, that was about 91, 92 ish. And then as we go further, even you know, 15 years later into the 2005, 06, then we sort of get into more or less the contemporary version, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And that reminds me, Alf had not just one set of trading cards. He had two series of trading cards. Alf. Uh Wow. And actually, one thing I found, this is years ago I found this while either moving or after I moved here and started unpacking. He also had a sticker collection. You you could buy the, if you remember, uh, and they still do this, I think, you could buy an album for like a dollar at a supermarket or, or a comic book store yeah. and, then, and, and you get the stickers and you, 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 you try you to fill, you fill the stickers with the albums. Yo, man, I used to collect those things like crazy. My thing was always 
the uh, Super Mario Brothers slash Legend of Zelda sticker albums. I filled up those stuffs. Yeah, I I was more of a, a baseball and football person back in the day, but this album, I'm going to guess it was my sister's because I don't remember ever purchasing it. She had an ALF sticker album, and it's not complete by any measure, but it's again just something very interesting you know getting into the the sticker realm now chips had trading cards in 79 well again it's chips who didn't like eric estrada back in the day it's like eric estrada and the other guy come on yeah yeah that don't you dare make fun of larry wilcox oh i thought i thought we were gonna say chris pine's dad no chris pine's dad was the chief yeah chris pine's dad was the chief get that straight i'm sorry You best put respect on Robert Pine's name. Yeah, no. Robert Pine was on Password Plus. Yeah, yeah yes, I, I know. And and that's your, your game show wings, Greg, I know. No, my game show wings is pressure luck. <laughs> He's still waiting for season three, ABC. Make it happen. Anyway. I'm still waiting on closure from, from the original run. I, I want to see the final episodes from 86, Buzzer. Come on. Oh, oh, so, so now your pressure luck. <gasps> It is my beat the clock from ah, 79. Guys, guys, guys. I've been waiting guys, 30 years for this. For guys, the final episode. Bring it back, y'all. It, where, where are you guys? We're over here. Yeah, we, we see you. American Gladiators. Now, that's a natural fit right there. That That's about as close to sports as non-sports cards get. Oh, American yeah. Gladiators. Oh, my. And that was at the heyday, 1991. Oh, yeah. That's about uh, season two, if I'm not mistaken. The uh, introduction of Atlas Beers and Hang Tough. Planet of the Apes TV series. Oh, yeah. In 75. Yeah, by the way, the TV series is a future entry. The Man from Uncle trading cards from 1965. Oh, yeah. Man from Uncle. Yeah. And, And the thing you need to remember is at least back in the day, Tops only did baseball cards and football cards. There were no basketball cards from Tops until I believe '92, and and that lasted uh, I think uh, up until the, the mid 2000s uh, because I know uh, LeBron James had a rookie card uh, through Tops, and uh, and I'm sure they had hockey as well, especially given you know their uh, Canadian counterpart was OPG. Opeachy and and, and, and Opeachy, they released hockey cards every year for for our friends up north. Yeah, and they had the Canadian version of the baseball cards with Opeachy on it. Yeah, yeah, and, and so yeah, Tops didn't have much going on. Let's say nine months out of the year, because you had your first series of baseball cards. You'd have a follow up series of baseball cards after people got traded and signed as free agents and whatnot, but those wouldn't be released until like August or September of the year, right near the end of the baseball season. And then right around that time is when football kicks into gear. So you'd have football cards being made uh, in in usually July or, or or June of, uh, of that year for the, you know, to cover the previous year. So yeah, they didn't have a lot in terms of trading cards back in the day. So, Hey, let's put out, you know, pop culture trading cards let's put out tv show trading cards let's put out movie trading cards yeah like star wars i mean what can't you find online that's star wars but then we get into the 90s and again this is where it sort of changes eras we've gone from matte cardboard trading cards 
to now we have glossy trading cards. And then as we get into the 21st century, now we kick it up a notch. We've got different chase cards, different things to allure the collectors. And by that, I mean, we have swatch cards. Oh, look, here's a, a part of a, a shirt that uh, somebody wore on a TV show. Or here's a uh, part of a prop from a TV show. Or there'd be sketch cards, which are especially popular with, with cartoons specifically. But they go to other uh, genres as well, primarily sci-fi. And then the big one, which a lot of people uh, enjoy collecting, uh, some people like the swatch cards, but a lot of people like the autograph cards. Oh, yeah. Now, normally, I've seen these things, and they're either these cards that have, like, the autograph sub somehow lasered onto the card. What he means is they were stickered onto the card. Or they were actually autographed. Well, I'm talking mainly about the real autographs. Uh, the I, real ones? I, I know what you're talking about. I, I've seen those. Uh, and that's been around, uh, I think the first time I've seen uh, that uh, facsimile autograph would have been like 94 Upper Deck Collector's Choice Baseball. They, they had one card per pack, which had a silver version of the autograph of, uh, of a player. And then uh, one per box was a gold autograph. So that was like your your ultimate chase card. You wanted to get like a Frank Thomas autograph, gold autograph card back in the day. But no, I'm talking real legitimate autographs. And um, most boxes nowadays, it seems like there's two autographs per box, three autographs. And the thing is, by no means is it a guarantee you're going to get the good star. So, you know, if you're getting a Star Wars box, just for example, you know, you may not be getting Mark Hamill or Carrie Fisher. You may be getting like Jedi number two or something like that. Just throwing out a name. I, I don't know if there are more than two Jedis or, 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 yeah, or maybe you get some sort of Ewok not named Warwick Davis. Okay, that but, makes sense. Well, well, the thing is, yeah, if yeah, every box had a Mark Hamill card, everybody would be buying them and there'd be no value to it necessarily. You, you, they usually limit the number of, of good autographs because they want you to try and you know buy more cards to get yeah. the good autographs. So if you buy a pack, you get the you get the autograph of the guy that held the ice cream maker in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, now that no, that ha now, I'm not even joking. There's a scene in the Empire Strikes Back where a guy's holding an ice cream maker. Okay, I'm trying to wrap my brain around that one. And good uh, luck with that. There, one. There's a there's a big lore about this because they made the ice cream maker like this important thing. That this guy had to had to protect, and it's Star Wars canon. They made the ice cream maker prop canon, and made it like this important thing that this guy had to protect. But is it on a card? I'm. It might be. Who knows? Well, well, I'm basically, gonna... every minor Star Wars character has a card. Let's be honest. Oh yeah. Oh, and and the thing is. That, that's sort of the case with a lot of the, the TV sets. Yeah, I mean, you can have cards of your main stars, but also at the same time, you're going to get some, you know, uh, cards of bit players or I don't even want to say guest stars, people who made one appearance on the TV show. And, oh, they, they happen to be, you know, chatting with, you know, again, going back to like 
welcome back Cotter. Oh, they happen to be uh, in the photo talking with John Travolta or Ron Palillo or, or uh, you get the point. But there's actually two contemporary types of cards I want to talk about. There Again, there's still cards that are devoted to single TV shows. And uh, one that's going to be coming up, I believe in May, and I told my, my compatriots here about this, is a Mandalorian Season 2 trading card set. Yes! And, and it comes in a container, a box, that looks like the child. Because how else are you going to buy it? How else are you going to know it exists? Why else are you going to buy it if it doesn't have the child on it? And again, that's coming out in May. But uh, there is a Mandalorian Season 1 out. And I don't know what this character is because I don't know Jack. Okay, you know what? Give it to Greg and me. We'll figure it out. Put it on the screen share. Put it on the screen share. It it looks like a Boba Fett helmet. Put it on the screen. Put it on the screen, damn it. Okay. Put it on the screen, damn it. Wait, 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 wait. I want to see this. I want to see what you're trying to show us here. Oh, that's the Mandalorian. Oh, that's that's Mando. That's Mando's helmet. That's the Mandalorian, silly. Okay, I don't watch The Mandalorian. I'm sorry. That's uh, the. What do you think the show the, is called? That's the guy. That's the guy. His name is in the title, Mike. His name is in the title of the show. I thought The Mandalorian was Baby Yoda. What do I know? <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Really? Now, now I'm thinking back to that's... a meme of Adam, Adam Driver and the child, like, Manda? Manda? Lorian? Lorian? Mandalorian. Okay, so while I I repent uh, quietly over here, (laughs) so so there's actually a hundred base cards in that set, and every box comes with either an autograph or a sketch card, and and usually sketch cards are one of one, so I'm going to assume that uh, every box comes with an autograph. Yes. Hopefully it's one of John Favreau, but or, or again, Pe- you never, you never know. Or, or Pedro Pascal. Uh, yeah, actually, I, I saw on eBay, and this again, not eBay Price is Right, that the person who plays the, the Mandalorian he said Pablo Pascal. Pedro, Pedro Pascal. Pascal. He's in Pedro Wonder pa- Woman okay. eighty four. If you've seen, if you haven't seen it yet. Oh, oh okay. I, and, I, I, and also, guys, Pedro Pascal. Speaking of Wonder Woman, is in future installment, the Wonder Woman twenty eleven pilot. This is true. This is true. Okay, I wasn't even going anywhere near there. But on eBay is is a Pablo Pascal and Pedro. Uh, Pascal. Pedro. Whoever Pedro Pascal and uh, now you almost just got me frazzled there. Pedro Pascal and Nick Nolte autograph card. Yes, a, a one of one, and it's uh, the buy it now on it is like a thousand dollars. What? Oh. That is a steal. In honesty, that is a steal. Nick Nolte and the Mandalorian for a thousand dollars. Yeah, you're not going to get any cheaper than that. I'd be willing to pay a thousand dollars for. It's like, are you willing to pay this thousand dollars for that card? I would pay a thousand dollars for Pedro Pascal and the coach from Blue Chips with his hair all made up. 
Yeah, because yeah. you know there are pictures of his hair not being made up. <laughs> Didn't think I'd make a blue chips reference on this podcast, did you? Why not? You were making a Shaquille O'Neal reference a few uh, minutes ago. Yeah, I made the Shaquille O'Neal rookie card reference. So, but uh, most of the trading card sets nowadays are are science fiction. That that is really where the the big genre is. But that still doesn't stop other TV shows from having trading cards. I know. There was a Family Guy trading card a number of years ago. Yes, uh-huh. uh, and it did have autographs of like Seth MacFarlane and uh, and Mila Kunis and Alex Borstein. There were sketch cards, which again are generally one of one. They're they're unique. I bet, uh-huh. and the especially the Alex Borstein ones are probably going for a good chunk, considering this Mazel. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, definitely. Absolutely, and Seth Green because of the rallies commercials he did 30 years ago. Uh-huh. Cha-ching, cha-ching. <laughs> you know, Cryptozoic, I believe is the name of the company. They do most of your pop culture trading cards nowadays. Uh, they've got the Breaking Bad sets. I think they've got, I want to say they have the Mad Men sets. Well, not mm. No, they don't uh, have the Mad Men sets. Mad them Men sets and Rittenhouse are the two big ones nowadays. Yeah. Oh, and, and and Rittenhouse did like Game of Thrones. They they, they mm-hmm. did a number of boxes for Game of Thrones. Uh, they did uh, Lost in Space, uh, Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. No, now, now, when you say yeah. Lost in Space, is this the uh, classic one? Uh, I or the Netflix or, reboot? Or the Netflix I, reboot? I, I'm going to guess the Netflix reboot. Lost in Space season one, so that tells me it's the Netflix reboot. Okay, but but and this is one that Greg and I I know talked about months ago, the Twilight Zone cards. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, th- there were Twilight Zone cards last year, and that actually goes back to the old old Twilight Zone, not the the reboot with uh, Jordan Peele or the '80s version. No, no, this goes back to the '60s version. And I believe among the cards that was uh, in that set, in terms of autographs, I think Orson Bean was in there. I think that was one of the last uh, things that he did before he passed away. Oh, yeah. Uh, Orson Bean's in there. uh, Taking a look, William Shatner, Bill Mummy, George Takei, and Jillian. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got some quality names in there, and these boxes... There's two autographs per box and one inscription autograph. So it sounds like there's three autographs. I may actually buy some of this. It's only $65. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's a heck of a lot better deal than what I'm seeing for for football cards nowadays, specifically the, the box of cards that went for $140 two years ago that this year, sit down, I'm not even joking about this, $730 a box. What? Oh, jeez. Yeah. Dude, okay. you I'm sorry. spent more on less. Well, the thing is, when we get to the situation where it's, oh, do I want to pay my mortgage this month? Or do I want a box of, of football cards? Yeah, the the, the, the hobby is, is outpricing me. Yeah. But yeah, $730. And that was online at Dave and Adams, which is the, the biggest uh, card seller in the world for, for boxes. I can only imagine how much they'd be going for at the local level because usually Dave and Adams undercuts the competition. So they may be $800 cards down the street or $750 cards. Hey guys, guess what had cards from Britain house. What's that? You ready? Uh Uh-huh. 
Twin Peaks head cards from Rittenhouse. There you go. Uh, when we the, we're just going to let Greg enjoy himself for a while. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at all the autographed cards from Twin Peaks, and it's uh, oh, it's amazing. It's, it's, a, it's a shame my sister isn't into trading cards because Cryptozoic has Outlander trading cards. Oh, my God. They have a Jim Belushi autographed Twin Peaks card on eBay for like $50. Yeah, I mean, everybody signed trading cards. I'm, I'm looking here. Uh, Lee Merriweather signed time tunnel trading cards. Oh, yeah. What? Nice. Yeah. Lucy Lawless and Jerry Ryan did uh, trading cards. And I think I did see Xena trading cards, but I don't think these are associated with the Xena trading cards. Yeah. Uh, and th- this is Rittenhouse. Again, I don't know the name. I've never seen them at my local shop. My, my local shop really doesn't do much in terms of non-sports cards, but we'll get to that in a second. And uh, yeah, so, so yeah, Rittenhouse has a, a lot of the uh, the pop culture references. Like I said, Twilight Zone, uh, the current Lost in Space. But then you have Cryptozoic. Ch- uh, Chico mentioned The Walking Dead and, and Breaking Bad. And Outlander. And Outlander. Uh, they also have Steven Universe cards. The <laughs> Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Yeah. Rick and Morty. Oh, and gosh knows Rick and Morty is is, is red hot, even more popular than uh, than Steven Universe to say the least. And actually, I'm taking a look. One of the cards that they have uh, for sale here is from uh, Psych. It's a Jaleel White autograph card, twenty nine dollars. Yeah, I might just be buying. Wait, I I, uh, I was gonna say that, but then I ran into the Orphan Black trading cards. I'm like, oh god, now what? Oh, great. We're, we're going to max out his credit cards. But yeah, there's just so many trading cards for different series. And if you can't decide, you know, what TV show you want to get back in 2007, and, and this is sort of like the, the birth of this episode when Greg and I have, have talked about this over the years, Don Russ, which is now Panini America, released a non-sports uh, enter- uh, slash entertainment card set called Americana. And well, it's Americana in the sense that, you know, you you have some politicians and you've got some very interesting people in there. But the thing, uh, the big draw was there were plenty of TV and movie stars in there. And Greg and Greg and I for years now, again, this was first released uh, about 13 and a half years ago. It was summer of 2007. A lot of people have passed away yes. that were in that set. And, and I used to call it some sort of jinx or, or curse because one of the people who didn't even get a chance to fulfill redemption obligations or, or he didn't even sign the autographs as far as I know was, was Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac was in the initial Americana set and he didn't uh, fulfill his card. So what they do for that is they put in redemption cards and say, okay, redeem it within two years. And you know, once this person signs, we'll return the, uh, the, the autograph card to you and, you know, and uh, make everything uh, kosher. And Bernie Mac never fulfilled his cards because he passed away. But also just, uh, um, again, among the names in this set who aren't with us anymore, Regis Philbin was either in the first series or the second series and, and definitely autographed some cards. Yes. And you had Ed McMahon. Yeah, Ed McMahon. Remember, this is the time he was doing cashforgold.com ads. With MC wow. Hammer. Yeah. Brothers got to make a buck somehow. 
MC da- can't buy a hammer. Dom DeLuise was in this set. Oh, yeah. Esther Williams, now I know, uh, again, I think she was in the second set versus the first. She was uh, had some autograph cards in there. And actually, the, the first pack of cards that I bought of this, and this got me hooked on this series, was a Burt Reynolds autograph. And obviously, yeah. Burt Reynolds isn't with us anymore, but Burt Reynolds was like the biggest thing going on TV and movies in the 1970s. So that like sort of hit a chord. It's like, oh my gosh, Burt friggin' Reynolds signed this. Nice. Just some other people over the years. Mickey Rooney had uh, some signed cards. Jerry Lewis too. And Jerry Lewis was pretty much from what I've heard an when uh, off stage. So good luck trying to get an autograph from him back in the day. Yeah, they're, they're both gone. They had uh, signed cards. In the second series, Ron Palillo signed some cards and he died not terribly long after that series came out. That was, I think, 09, maybe uh, 08. But Ron Palillo, I think, passed away. It was, it's been close to 10 years, I think. Now. Really? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, only it seems like only yesterday, but yeah. Yeah. We should note uh, that between the time this episode was recorded and uh, the time this episode was edited, uh, we lost Larry King. And Larry King actually had uh, a card uh, within the first uh, couple of sets of Americana. So the the big draw with this was, uh, at least for the hobby boxes, you got four packs of cards per box, and there's like 10 cards per pack, but every pack had either a swatch card or an autograph card, or if you got lucky, you got an autograph swatch card. And, and, and the thing is, it didn't just cover TV shows, it covered movies, there were swatches of Marilyn Monroe dresses in the first series. You had basically a bunch of old time movie stars in the first couple of series, especially the second series when they got to like Marlon Brando and some of the big names from the fifties. But this gave collectors a chance to own a piece of some legends. And I think it was from the Debbie Reynolds collection and Debbie Reynolds definitely had an autograph card and swatch cards in the Americana series. So I'm sure that, you know, Don Russ slash Panini America went to her and said, oh, yeah, how much uh, will you take for this shirt that Marilyn Monroe wore, or this blouse? Oh, okay. And what they do is buy the, the product and then slice it up into hundreds of little squares and basically glue them into the cards. So that really... I mean, I love those cards and they do occasionally make Americana cards. They really, I I, I don't think they've done it for a number of years. The last ones I saw were probably about four or five years ago. And that got more into history than entertainment because I remember one of the big draws was uh, a a subset of Tuskegee airmen cards. Yeah. Yeah. Very historic. Very historic, and we've actually over the last number of years we've we've lost a number of the Tuskegee yeah. Airmen, and they had signed some of the cards in that set. I'm actually holding in my hand from Donruss Americana a card from someone who passed away. I think within like the last year or so, but I got this on eBay like uh, for like I want to say like ten fifteen dollars like two years ago. John Saxon. Yeah, he was in the first series of Americana. I remember that, yes. Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street, Enter the Dragon. Even yeah, if the, the person's not deceased, there were a lot of good names in that first series. That That's what really blew me away is 
you had autographs of people like Vicki Lawrence. You had Wink Martindale in there. Oh, yeah. Bob as Eubanks. Mu- Bob oh, Eubanks. Yeah. As much as we may not like saying this name, Chuck Woolery had a card, yeah. uh, an autograph card in there. You had a, a great diversity of names and good names, big names. Yeah. And, and, and unfortunately, for lack of a better phrase, you had older names because, again, a lot of people have passed away from that set and it's only like 13 and a half years old. Yeah. Didn't you? I, I think um, Ultimate Warrior was in that set. I've got an autograph card of his and yeah. my cousin, who probably doesn't listen to this, he's uh, laid claim to that for like 10 years because he knows how expensive that card is. Oh, yeah, it definitely is. Oh, it, it, it's crazy expensive. Uh, it goes for, I, th- I think last time I checked was like $300 for the yeah. autograph card. And it's like, okay, I'm going to just sit on this. And then I'm not even going to say, hey, you want to buy this for 250 Cuz? I'm going to just give it to him. Hey, that's a good idea for Christmas next year. That He'll just flip out over that. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so the American says there's been a couple over the years, but they've sort of shifted. They've stayed sort of in the entertainment, but they've added different subsets where it's truly Americana and it's not just entertainment. Uh, And actually, uh, one of the historic moments, at least in my opinion, uh, I opened a number of Americana boxes. This is almost 10 years ago at this point. And the one draw for me was autograph cards of Leslie Nielsen, who had passed away about a year earlier. So he, oh. he pre-signed them. And you got to notice about these cards. Most of the cards aren't signed on the card. They sign these little stickers, and then the stickers are applied to the cards. Oh, I thought they were lasered on. No, no. Oh, no, 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 no. There's, there's transparent stickers, usually with some sort of hologram uh, built into them for anti-counterfeiting. And they sign these stickers, like, like uh, sheets of stickers. And then I, I don't know if it's put on manually or automatically. I'm, I'm going to assume automatically because you don't want to get fingerprints uh, under the, the, the sticky residue of the stickers. And, and he signed these cards uh, or, or these labels, these stickers before his death. And a year later or six months later when this Americana series, which I believe was the third series of Americana was released, there's Leslie Nielsen autograph cards. And lo and behold, I pulled a Leslie Nielsen autograph card and it doesn't have much value, but the thing is the naked gun is like my seminal movie from growing up. So pulling a Leslie Nielsen autograph card was, Oh, I, I was over the moon. I don't care if it had very little value it had value to me, and that's really all that matters. And isn't it like an unusual ink it, he signed it with, too, on your card? It, it was green. It, it was yeah. a green Sharpie. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, green variations or red variations have uh, some sort of uh, premium attached to it, uh, uh, even if it's not official variations, if it's something within the, the hobby that they say, oh, the green is, you know, five times rarer than the red. The, the people can make their own sort of subsets based on that or, or values. Oh, well, the, the green one's rare, so I'm going to pay more for that. Yeah, I, I don't care one way or the other, unless maybe if I was the seller making more money off of it. But looking at Americana, I don't know if they just stopped doing it, but also they may have stopped doing it just for one thing is Panini oh. America has gotten so huge. They, ha- they have oh, yeah. to all oh, the yeah. football cards 
and they still do the occasional do, baseball cards, I believe. They yeah, do a lot of basketball cards. They, 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 they've the, got the yeah, they've got the rights to the basketball cards. Yeah, the baseball is is uh, MLBPA only because the MLB license, I believe, is still with Tops. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, primarily. But I'm just thinking in previous years, even recently, 2017, 2016. Donruss would have a draft series, Donruss uh, yeah. Elite Baseball. So, yeah, if they lost all the baseball rights in the last you know, three or four years, yeah, it's, I understand that. I've actually been trying to look for any of the Americana cards uh, after 2015. Couldn't find it. So I guess you could say 2015 was the last year for the Donruss slash Panini Americana series. Yeah, it, it, it's very possible. And and like I said, they sort of veered away from being the entertainment card to being more historic, which, I mean, I appreciate that. And I, I think that's a great idea, but history is not going to sell so big when you have TV stars and movie stars. And I don't know, maybe it'll come back one day, but again, they've got versions of basketball cards and baseball cards going out like on a weekly basis and uh, and they're making money hand over fist on those cards, especially given the last couple of rookie classes in uh, the NFL and the NBA. Well, um, I think it's time for eBay prices, right? And I've got a very special one today for you guys. Can't uh, wait. Oh, oh th- this one I-, I think is maybe the most genius prices, right? Item we've ever had. Let's play the music and uh, and we'll start the the bidding. Here we go. Okay, guys, this is Something very interesting I found while uh, looking at uh, cards on eBay today for this show. This is, and I want you to listen very carefully. This is a wrapper, a wrapper from the 1959 Three Stooges card set I mentioned earlier. This isn't the the cards, it's the wrapper. Just the wrapper. Okay, just the wrapper. There's no holes, no tears in the wrapper. It looks pretty flat. Uh, looks like it's in good condition for being 62 years old at this point. It sold for five cents originally. The cards were done by Fleer. And uh, also, I should let you know, these sold on November 30th of 2020. And I want you to give me the final selling price of just this wrapper. Not the cards. It's just the wrapper. Okay? Okay. I'm going to start with Greg. Dollars and cents. How much did this wrapper from 1959 sell for? 69.99. Nice. Yes, Chico. What would you like to bid? Uh, 84.20. 84.20. Oh, geez. <laughs> we uh, are. Adults. What am I going to do with you? Chico? We are adults, Greg and I. Okay, I'm just going to warn you right now. Please make sure you're sitting. Make sure your bowels are clenched. Yeah. This wrapper. Just not the cards, just the wrapper. I'm going to be way off on we're this. Gonna be talk- we're talking about the wrapper. Not the cards, not the cards, not the cards. Not the cards. Yeah, we're not talking the card. about the 
wrapper. The the flattened wrapper with, with no rips, no holes, no tears. Oh my gosh. You guys are so far off. And again, I hope you're sitting. $689.99. Oh, Jesus. For a wrapper. For a wrapper. Not the cards. Not the cards that you go out and collect. Just the wrapper. We're was, talking about the wrapper. Was We're talking about almost. the wrapper. Yes, was $700 almost. Not the and, cards. Not the cards that you put in the binder. We're talking about the wrapper. Just the wrapper. And the thing is, if you look at the uh, Three Stooges sets or the cards on eBay, those go for a pretty penny, too. How the hell can I make money off a wrapper? Collectors would, would definitely uh, buy that just because, again, remember, the, the cards were generally opened and then stored away and the wrappers were thrown away. So that gives the wrappers some rarity. People didn't really hold on to to card wrappers back in 1959. Uh, and the same holds true for boxes. The display boxes, people didn't hold on to those. So if you've got a box from, you know, 19, uh, from anything from the 50s or 60s or, oh, and, and even yeah, the 70s, I, no. yeah, the, the, those boxes have value, especially if you have somebody who has, let's say, 36 loose packs of cards and needs a box to, to put them in, or, or make it look like they're originally from, yeah, those boxes can sell because, again, what stores generally did is, oh, they ran out of cards, they disposed the box. They, they broke down the cardboard box and put out a new one. So, so yeah, they didn't care about the, the box. But, yeah, $700. So, yeah, again, sort of like the, the football cards I mentioned earlier. Do I spend my money on my mortgage this month? Or do I buy that Three Stooges wrapper? Hmm. Tough call there. Indeed. Well, I know we didn't cover all the trading cards. And gosh, we could be here all day talking about movies and comic book trading cards, even if they're loosely associated with TV shows. But we give you a, a fair overview of cards over the years. And needless to say, they're, they're big bucks for some of these companies. Like I said, Ritterhouse in cryptozoic they don't do sports cards their field of expertise is cards like this and then you had donruss doing a little bit of dabbling on the side and tops doing a little bit of dabbling in uh, non-sports cards but it's big business and uh, especially nowadays where you know every box has one or two autographed cards you know you know you can easily uh try to chase your your favorite star's autograph. It may be a, a real long shot, but you know, if people are willing to do it for, you know, a hundred, two hundred dollars a crack. And yeah. And, and believe it or not, these trading cards, whether they're new or they're 70 years old, they may have been things on TV, but they're, they're pieces of TV history that uh, you can own. You can hold. It's like, it's, I want to say there's lots, there's a lot more to these TV trading card stuff. But for about 45 minutes, you know enough to get started. Yeah, ha have fun uh, searching on eBay TV trading cards. Or again, you can look up some of the individual shows we mentioned. Like I said, we mentioned the Gong Show, and actually somebody said, oh, I was going to do uh, eBay prices right with Gong Show trading cards. And I stopped him right there and said, nope, 
I've already looked at all the Gong Show uh, trading card auctions on eBay. I, I don't want to uh, claim to have cheated, but I don't want uh, to 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 ruin the game. Plus, also, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, the Three Stooges wrapper for seven hundred dollars, mind blown. Yeah, we're talking about the wrapper, not the cards. The wrapper. Anyway, en- enough of me doing my Allen Iverson. Let's uh, wrap this up, Mike. Yeah, let, let's uh, just remind everybody our website. It was the thing on TV.com. Uh, we recently hit 16,000 total downloads, which is great. And we really appreciate that. Uh, and uh, obviously, uh, all our past episodes are there. We've got, well, 129 episodes besides this. Plus, we've got the live shows and we've got the mini sods. And, uh, and also, don't forget uh, our socials. We have Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And uh, coming up next uh, on Thursday, again, we're not doing a TV show. This week is sort of the, the thematic uh, episodes, talking about stuff related to television. Well, what we're going to talk about is a person related to television and maybe not a person that you necessarily know, but was definitely a character. Uh, people, people of a certain age watching the afternoon lunchtime news would know of this character, and what can we say except, ooh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah and uh, he, this person has made appearances beyond just uh, what, what Chico mentioned. Uh, and he's a fa- I think he's a fascinating character, and it's one of those things that I remember seeing on TV 20, 30 years ago, and it's like, okay, this person is obscure enough to be a topic for our podcast. Let's do it. So we're doing it on Thursday, and uh, you'll have to come by and see what we're talking about. Again, thank you for listening, and don't forget to subscribe, rate and review, five stars. Anything below four, Chico will come to your house with a crowbar to knock your knees out. Even though we haven't had a review in like four months. And besides that, I think uh, the new coach of the Lions pretty much ruined kneecaps for everyone. Oh, no, 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 no. Hey, that's why they're going to be five and 11 the next three years, kids. Okay. They're going to be five and 11 for the next three years because they're the Lions. (laughs) But anywho, also don't forget the YouTube Subscribe to our uh, YouTube feed. As uh, Chica would say, ring our bell. Dingy, dingy, dingy. Uh, And you'll be uh, caught up with uh, all the episodes. So until Thursday, again, thank you for listening. And we'll catch you then Thursday with the new episode of It Was the Thing on TV. Wow! Millhouse, I gotta have my soul back. I'll do anything you want. Well... Uh, Millhouse, give him back his soul. I've got work tomorrow. I'm really sorry. I kind of traded your soul to the guy at the comic book store. But look, I got some cool pogs. Elf pogs. Remember Elf? He's back. In pog form. You traded my soul for pogs?